0: So uh yeah, I, I did purchase Mosaic, and now I really need to spend some time to, to you know, to to, to get to know it. And Sharon, your your book is amazing. Um, I, I I need to you know that might help kickstart my ten thousand thank yous because I I don't do it all the time. I sort of come and go depending on what's going on, but uh, I'm up to you know over thirteen hundred. Um, which is, you know, if I was doing one a day, I'd probably be up to more like 5,000 or something by now. But but it doesn't matter, right? So long as you have the intention to be more alert to the good things that are happening any given day, you know, that's that's got a lot of um, power. Just that having perspective, I think, was the big, the big revelation for me. And actually, uh, we interviewed the person that even that planted the seed, uh, Mush Pantwani. He spoke at a Creative Mornings event here um several years ago and he spoke about how he'd been made redundant as a 47 year old so let's tie it into Ra- raquel's story you know maybe they said he was too old for the job or who knows but mush was such a, a a a positive person that he went you know what that's no big deal i was gonna try and i was gonna quit in three years anyway and i wanted to write a book so i'll just do it now instead and uh, he'd already done a bunch of blogs so he he had the raw material he just had to reorganize it but um, you know, I, I, my memory of what he said next uh, is a little bit distorted, we discovered on the podcast. But I'm going to say it the way I remember it, because that's my reality, which was he designed his day so that he could write the book. And he'd get up at 5 a.m., go for a swim, have a good breakfast. He'd be at his desk by 7 a.m. And he would allocate 7 a.m. till 11 a.m. to write his book. And he decided it was going to be 100 pages, and that he was going to finish in 100 days which meant he had to write a page a day and if you're you know sitting down at a desk for four hours when you're fresh and creative you're gonna get that done in 30 days just like Daniel did mm-hmm. So you know he actually in, in he came back on the podcast and he said he actually did that over 100 Sundays you know so he, he used his Sundays as his writing day but in my mind he did it in 100 days and that concept led to me self-publishing my first book um, which I haven't even really mentioned but Sharon you mentioned create space before. I used that um, as a platform to self-publish an an exactly 100-page book in honour of Mush, um, where I just collected and and compiled um, the sister of my younger sister-in-law who went missing when she was uh, 18 in Australia and has never been seen since, that was in 2002. But that was my way of capturing her artwork, her poetry, her photography, And making sure it was there for future you know children and grandchildren and and so on and um you know there's no way i would have written a second book if i hadn't learnt the skills and gone through the process of writing the first book so i guess i'll go into i guess i've already gone into my story of of my book and what i've tried to do is well first of all i was inspired by another person um craig wartman who was also a professor of entrepreneurship at chicago at the time um he's now at, at kellogg but he re- he wrote a book called What Is Your Story, and he spoke at a webinar at work, and I thought, okay, this I'm going to sign up for this because it's not something you typically you know hear. You know, this is several years ago. Where someone coming in to talk about the value of stories in a, in a global financial firm was was quite rare back then. It's, I think it's more common now. But I, I bought his book on the way to work on Kindle. I read the introduction, and there were three sentences that that jumped out, that you know really have changed the way I think about a lot of things. The first one was, stories are your most valuable asset. The second is, um, stories are more important than facts. And the third one is, if you don't write stories down, they did not happen. And so that last one you know, reminded me of you know, my father's from a big family. Five of his brothers went to World War II, you know, trained you know, from Australia, trained in Canada, went across to Europe, um, dropping bombs over Germany, And despite being shot down and presumed dead and everything else, the war ends and somehow all five of them survived. But only two of the five wrote their story, not to be published, but just to make sure it wasn't lost for their children and grandchildren. And, you know, my parents have PDF copies of those or, you know, hard copies. I scan them to make sure they're not lost. And, you know, my children know there were five guys in uniform, but their children only know there were two because only two of them bothered to write it down and you know that was my logic for for writing the book about my sister-in-law neve and you know then i just became more alert to stories and the value of stories i discovered story corporation or story corps you know they had a recording studio in grand central station encouraged children to come in and interview their grandparents send it up to the cloud and becomes a time capsule i thought that was amazing so then they won the ted prize and they had funding to create an app and i went okay now that means i can I can use their technology wherever I am. So then on the next trip back to Australia, I sat down with both of my parents and I recorded 40 minute interviews with them. And I learnt things about them that I didn't know. Like I didn't know that my father had been made redundant after 18 years of working, you know, selling tractors for one company. His boss drove him home on a Friday afternoon and said, hey, don't bother coming in on Monday. And I thought, oh, that's kind of weird. You know, and he's a father of six children. I'm, I'm the youngest, I'm two at the time. And within a month he realized you know what i've got such a good network and i i've got such a good um i guess reputation um i can just buy and sell secondhand farm machinery from around the region and within a month he realized i should have done this years ago and you know another productive accident i guess emerged from that and you know the dealerships eventually the brands like massey ferguson approached him and said hey you're better than that previous place can you please take on this and you know and it and and it sort of went on from there but you know just the, the value of conversations and hearing stories is really important and so the best thing about writing this and i, I deliberately self-published because i wanted to learn more skills right and, and i went beyond create space i used vellum software which enabled me to create six digital formats within 30 seconds then i discovered okay if i build my own website on squarespace it's got a commerce engine where i can load digital files i don't even need to use amazon so i'm deliberately just trying to do it all self-publish self-distribute and learn things and just see what happens so you know i always call any of these projects version 0.0 you know this is like a minimum viable product you know lean startup came into it you know that my interest in entrepreneurship creativity how innovation happens and you know you, we talked about superpowers before one of my superpowers is volunteering you know i've discovered that the more you volunteer you know the more you meet like-minded people and like you say daniel it doesn't matter if they're the janitor or the you know running a billion dollar company you know if you find people that care about solving for poverty or for homelessness or overcoming racism or biases and all that good stuff then you know magic keeps on happening and so you know what raquel's doing with generation xyz or z however you want to say it um is really powerful so we've got her to come in and speak to the generations network at work and then she's been invited back to speak to the you know with the ceo on how to shape culture and you know amazing you know these adventures keep on happening then i met chris and suddenly we you know the book has turned into this series of podcasts then i went hang on i know so many people who've written books now why don't we just get them together on an episode you know once a month and each of us can talk about our books and more magic will come out of that. I know, you know, we've had, this is only our second episode and I can already see a pipeline of possibilities. And you know, one of the other things that we we created here in Hong Kong is uh, a tradition of welcoming visitors from all around the world. So, you know, in one month alone, we had a documentary filmmaker from LA. We had a Maasai tribal guy from Tanzania and we had a musician from Melbourne. And the magic is we get to hang out and spend more time together. They get to live a little bit like we do, you know, in the mid-levels of Hong Kong, just near the escalator above Soho and all the bars and restaurants and all those good things. But even better, when I'm not here, we've got four children, our children get to have conversations with this amazing group of people. And to me, that's the most valuable thing out of all of this. They get to see, you know, oh, I don't have to, you know, do go and work in a bank. I can become a filmmaker or I can, you know, become a photographer or I can, you know, whatever. Um, work for a nonprofit, and um, the more I volunteered for these things I'm you know suddenly I'm on the board of, a, of an NGO in New York called Music for Life International and the first concert they put on or the one that I was involved in was on behalf of the United Nations and their efforts to end violence against women and girls and I went all right that's pretty important it loops back to you know my missing sister-in-law because for sure something bad happened to her um, you know how can we honor her life in new ways and then i brought the founder of music for life to hong kong he stayed with us you know by definition and he spoke at tedx one Chai, did an amazing job and a month later he went back to new york and he, he said by the way the woman that prepared him for his talk is doing an ngo and that's called resolve foundation so i don't know if you can see it on my t-shirt but resolve foundation helps hong kong become more tolerant and inclusive and you know so i'm on the board of that and you know, these things keep on snowballing, productive accidents, whatever you want to call them. So that's it for me. I think um, I'm winding it up as well, but we'll we'll keep talking and we'll have five minutes just, you know, and see where this, this conversation continues and hopefully we can make more magic. So thanks, everyone, for joining. This has been amazing.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: So, Chris, I think we're good. We'll call that my 10 minutes. So I'm curious to learn, you know, what ideas have been triggered. I, I get the benefit of listening to your stories and then I can sort of try to link it all together. But it's the same way. I think you do it too, Daniel. You, you know, you said you've become, I don't know, what did you say? You were like a something for listening. You were you were like a, an advocate or an uh, apostle for listening or something like that on the benefits of listening. But I, I find that in the way I, I, I like to have, an ambassador, I like to have, um, the benefit of listening first because then I can go back and say, okay, place a hook here, here, and here. You know, Here's a TEDx talk I need to share, a podcast, a book, and here are three introductions I need to make, and the magic continues. So when I spoke about being, I've only ever been to San Diego twice uh, or near there twice. Once was to, well, during business school, we went over to Chicago for the electives, and I had a friend from college, undergraduate college, next-door neighbour, who happened to be living in Encinitas. And he said, look, come down here and we'll go surfing for the weekend. And the funny thing was when, we, when he picked me up at the airport, he said, okay, you like to take a lot of photos. And I do, I literally take photos all the time. This weekend, you're not allowed to take a single one. And you know, the good thing about it was, it was like listening with my eyes, right? Because from that point on, I wanted to make sure I, you know, he, he triggered my memory to remember, you know, the coastline and the coffee shop we went to and, you know, the place in La Jolla and all this cool stuff. Uh, anyway, the second time I went back there, we did a road trip from LA to California, end of 2019, and I drove down from Newport Beach to meet a childhood hero, Bob Harrow, who's the founder of Freestyle BMX. So I grew up on a BMX bike and skateboard, so those two activities also fed my imagination, because every month you got BMX Action Magazine, and it had a new product, a new trick, a new you know, skill that you could learn, and growing up, you know, with physical copies of magazines, that was, uh, that was my Bible. It made me a better writer, better reader, more imaginative, everything. And closing the loop on that, the, the publisher was a guy called Bob Osborne. He's now moved to Montana. So, Sharon, we spoke about Montana briefly. And he's be- become a famous photographer for cowboys and the Indians mm-hmm. to the point where he was welcomed into an Indian tribe. You know, and that I don't think that's an easy thing to do, you know, trust and everything else forms over time. But I'm gonna send you a video of him later as a as a sort of a follow up because one day I need to meet him. Because first of all, you know, he created that magazine which changed my life, and now he's just, you know, incredibly creative and we've got this dialogue going which is kind of surreal in via email. Uh, one day I'd like to get him on here as well because he's published his photos, Cowboys and Indians. So the the backstory is if you know any authors, it could be children's books cookbooks, business books, biographies, everything. I think the more variety we have in these these conversations, the better, um, because, you know, anyway, that, that's the, the big idea. So I'm going to pause, let you guys reflect and add anything to that.
2: I wanted to just talk for a moment, if I could, on the idea that you said about listening, because when I was given the assignment to bring listening to the world, I laughed. From my big belly all the way up to my, my top of my head. Because I thought, what are you crazy? I talk more than I listen. I'm not a very good listener. But my inner guide said something to me that I really think is important. And it's important to anybody thinking about writing a book also. They said to me, Danny, it's true. You do need to listen a little bit better. But there's something to the quality of your voice that when you speak, people listen to what you're saying. They listen with their minds. Fear lives in the mind, Danny. So if their mind is occupied in what you're saying, fear is also occupied in what you're saying. And it allows you to have access to the heart of a person and to the soul of a person and to listen to the heart and soul of a person. As I was sitting here today, you have the advantage of going last but it didn't it didn't matter to me because I could feel the heart and soul of each person in this room and I could speak to that heart and soul as well and when you're writing don't just write the words that come to your mind when you're speaking don't just write the words that your mouth wants to say find a way to resonate from your heart and your soul that you're actually able to touch to a deeper place in people that's the place that will transform people, not the pretty words that we say. Our words go in one ear and out the other, but the resonance of how you feel, your presence that you bring to a room, people will remember that forever. I don't wanna to take too much time, so I'm out.
1: I'd I'd like to share something that, I, I don't know why, but, Something that I know that like for me that gratitude has has since opened up for me is I spend my mornings like I have a gratitude morning routine and I mean it can it's usually like I get up at three in the morning right now and it's like three hours long and really what I'm doing the first hour or two I literally I'm I'm a Facebook person I I do I see I like Facebook and I I I, I like what it gives me. But I will look at different people's stories about themselves and what they're up to and what they're doing. And it can be from the smallest anybody to who knows, there's no limits there. And I spend every day, I reach out to people that I'm drawn to and it's something inside me and I share with them different comments about how much I appreciate what they're doing. And not that I need any response back from them, but it's just mind blowing how these people from the largest of large people that are making such a difference in the world to, to somebody who's not heard at all, they're so appreciative. And I'm doing it just because I'm moved by what they're doing. And it's become something that I never even, I never thought to do, but gratitude has really opened up my heart and my mind and just um, not feeling a fear just to, just to share and really have make those connections that way. So it's been a really amazing experience.
0: Right. I mean, you know, and the other thing I didn't mention about welcoming people into our home, by definition, when you guys come to Hong Kong, come and stay with us Mm -hmm. and, you know, stay for two weeks because I can introduce you and give you speaking opportunities, you know, across companies and everything else. And, you know, Raquel, I guess that's how some of it happens with us. You know, we went to Japan, snowboarding and skiing together, you know, a couple of Christmases ago, Um, you know, and now we've got three of our four children are in Australia, you know, two at university and one at boarding school. And it's like suddenly we have capacity for a whole bunch of people. So, you know, the more the better when things go back to normal. So, um, yeah, even our old neighbours here, uh, they moved to Singapore a couple of years ago. Actually, so we've been in Hong Kong for 11 years. Before that, we were Singapore for nine. Before that, Australia, et cetera. But we've still got a lot of friends in Singapore. Our youngest daughter, who's 11 now, we left when she was like, six months old. So our old neighbours who live... Um, in Singapore, I guess they've been, they're keen to get out as well. They said, how about we do a house swap uh, for a month? And I'm like, absolutely. You know, like we can work from anywhere anyway. Plus I've got an office in Singapore I can go into. So if the bubble, travel bubble opens up, we'll end up, we'll end up going down there, which would be pretty cool. And then at the end of the year, I've, I've already booked flights to go back to Australia. I know I'm going to have to do quarantine on the way in, but you know, it's worth it. I've got to see, you know, our three kids. We haven't seen them for about 18 months. Some of them and uh my father's turning 90 so i want to be there for his birthday too so yeah lots of fun provided everything stays kind of open
2: well when i finished writing the mosaic the book itself talked to me and said get out on the road and do it Mo, the main character did go and visit go and sit on street corners with the people that nobody speaks to speak to them listen to the ones that no one hears Go to boardrooms, go to go to hospitals, go to places where people love, go to places where people hate. And so I'm planning now through Clubhouse because I've been on there and now my community there is growing. We're starting mosaic Clubhouse rooms in many different countries so that the mother tongue of each country can do the, what we're doing in the room that we're doing it. And so Singapore is and Hong Kong are definitely places I'm planning to come to when things open up. So watch yourself. Santa Claus might come on his sleigh and come and visit you Peter, <laughs> Peter Williams.
0: <laughs> Sounds, so, good. Sounds good. So I'm going to end it here, but we can stay on and have a chat just because we're at the hour of slightly over. Um, but thank you so much. Really appreciate your sharing. And uh, I look forward to meeting each of you again in person. Um, you know, either in the U.S. or Singapore or Hong Kong, hopefully, you know, all of the above. So uh, thank you again. Thank you. Thank you so much,
1: much,
2: Peter. Peter. It was was wonderful, wonderful, Sharon and and Daniel.
1: Daniel.
0: Thank you so (laughs) much, all of you. Thank you so much. Big love to all of you.